West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. You can find me on Twitter at 58WKingPodcast. Today, we're going over our top 12 quarterbacks for the upcoming season. Here to help me is the host of the Whiskey Flick Podcast, Terrence Dunn. Terrence, how are you? I'm doing well, Tony. I'm very excited to uh, be back in the hollowed halls of 58 West King. So thanks for having me. Uh, We're excited to have you on. I believe I'd have to fact check this, but I believe this is your first full length episode. You've received just a tip from us on an emergency yes. podcast a while back, if I remember correctly. The emergency podcast, and then I did like a, a meet and greet type one with Matt way back when, like way, way, way back when. During, that's right. During the, the height of the Panini. That's right. That's right. Well, these days, Matt and I are pretty girthy, so you've been warned. <laughs> All right, let's get right into this. So going into each of the last two seasons, we've collected player rankings from our league, so 58 West King, Taco Corp, Champions League. And OGV League, that's Matt Kendall's league. Tons of input. Everything is tracked throughout the season. We crown a winner at the end of each season. And we also put together these consensus rankings that give us a chance to see how we view players differently and where the group is versus ECR. We continue that tradition once again this offseason, and we're kicking this series off at the quarterback position. We'll start at the 12th spot where we have Aaron Rodgers. You had him 12th. I had him 12th. His 2021 finish was as the QB6 this ranking for us feels like the absolute floor for uh, our resident Nicholas Cage lookalike, does it not? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this was a uh, th- this one was interesting too, and I, I confronted this now that I'm post-draft in a couple of leagues, it, not only in terms of Aaron Rodgers, but in terms of the other folks that are on the team, and I feel like this all boils down to who, who the hell is this guy throwing to? Like, we don't know. Like, I mean, they're, they're may- I know they've, they picked up some rookies, um, they've got some some veteran folks in there, but it's such a crapshoot. I mean, the dude's talent, like, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the hall of fame. The dude's insanely talented, but I just want to know who's catching the football. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they lost Adams <laughs> and MBS. Uh, Alan Lazard still there, but you have rookies, uh, Watson, Romeo Dobbs or Dubes. The offensive line ranks fifth per PFF. So I can see lots of AJ Dillon, lots of Aaron Jones and just controlling the clock, chewing the clock. Right. Uh-huh. All of that combined just kind of lowers his ceiling yep. for me, which bumps him down from that mid QB1 to a lower end QB1. I think he's still going to be highly efficient either way. All right, moving on to number 11. We have Matt Stafford. I have him at 13. You have him at 11. His 2021 finish was as the QB5. So similar to Aaron Rodgers and where he finished last year and kind of where uh, we have him as a group this year. What you got? Uh, So I'll probably full disclose here that I am a Los Angeles Rams fan, as are you, Tony. And so a little bit of this bump up may be um, just flat out (laughs) homer pick. I mean, if I'm being honest about it, uh, I think the other thing that feeds into it for me too, I mean, they're, they're coming off the Super Bowl win. It's another year in McVay's system. I think that there's like a few question marks across the team, but I feel like overall he only has uh, like room to improve. And so I, I feel actually pretty good about, I, I didn't pick Stafford up in any of my leagues, but I feel pretty good about where he's headed in, in his second year with the Rams. Yeah, he just missed 5,000 yards and he cleared 40 touchdowns last season. Great season, right? There's bound to be a little bit of regression, though, with a tougher schedule in 2022. Mm. And then guys who finished behind Stafford last year did so because of injury. We had Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, all sustained injuries that kept him out 
uh, in the three to five game territory. So the elbow tendonitis also scares me a little bit, but I'm hoping that's a minor thing and the Rams are just kind of managing that, but lower on him just because of those guys with the rushing floor get a little bit of a bump. All right, next up, the number 10 quarterback we have is Tom Brady, the goat. I have him at seven, a little higher. And then you have him at 10, right on with the rest of the group here. His 2021 finish was as the QB three. Terrence, what do you got? Yeah, so this is officially me. And it's funny that you have him even higher than that because me having him at 10 is me jumping off of the Tom Brady is going to fall off a cliff because he's old Mm -hmm. uh, bandwagon that I've been on probably for the past five years. I've been consistently like, the dude's washed. Cause I mean, at some point, like, I mean, you have to, <laughs> you can't be superhuman forever, I guess. And so I, I've finally decided this was the year that I'm going to stop that. Cause it's clearly not true. The dude's going to continue to play football for as long as he wants. Apparently. I, I think he has regressed a little bit. I think he continues to be surrounded by a, a supremely talented team, right? Like even if you think about the folks uh, who left the Buccaneers in the off season, right? There's still uh, a ton of talent there. So I just think that, I, I don't know, you don't bet against Tom Brady. I think I'm betting against him a little bit by mm-hmm. ranking him lower than you, but like putting him at 10 is actually pretty a vote of confidence for me. Yeah, father time is undefeated, <laughs> but Tom Brady's taking him to game seven, I swear <laughs> to God, right? So in 2021, the Bucks had 719 pass attempts. I don't see that happening again in 2022. Couple that with the entire interior of the Bucks offensive line gone, Gronk retired, Godwin's coming off an ECL injury and then Brady's another year older. You mentioned his age. So he's up there and I just see the culmination of all of that, bringing his numbers back down to earth a little bit. I still see him as a QB one. I'd probably have him higher to be honest, because I think he's going to eclipse 40 uh, touchdowns, 4,500 passing yards easily. It's just, you have the guys with the rushing upside. I mean, that's just the fantasy cheat code, right? Yep. All right. Moving on to number nine, we have Dak Prescott. I had him at 11. You had him at nine. His 2021 finish was as a QB seven thoughts. Oh, Dak Prescott. Okay. (laughs) So I have a very complicated and extensive history with Dak Prescott. I spent several years on the Dak and Zeke stack for a long time and have been burned a number of times by injuries and sort of the question marks around the team. It's interesting that my rank is higher for him than yours because so this is going to be the the least favorite part of this podcast for Josh Callis if Josh listens to this podcast. He doesn't. Because (laughs) so I... I, I have endless frustration with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys because I, I do think that Dak is talented. I do think that they have talent around him in terms of the offensive line, in terms of, you know, running back, wide receiver. Like I know obviously they lost some folks, but I, I still feel like they're pretty solid there. And so I feel like it's the same question as it is every year with Dak, which is he's got the tools. Their mm-hmm. window is clearly open. Like there's not really going to be a better time for for the Cowboys or for Dak Prescott. So it's when are they going to do it? <laughs> if they're going to do it, yeah. when? <laughs> so last season he had 4,400 yards passing and 37 touchdowns. That's a solid yep. year for Dak, right? So that was the second highest yards and then most touchdowns mm-hmm. he's thrown for in his career. I do like that Kellen Moore is back, so they'll have that continuity on offense. But I think you mentioned some players missing. Yep. So no Amari Cooper, they traded him away. Michael Gallup is recovering from a torn ACL. Cedric Wilson, I believe, went to the Dolphins. So those things and the team having two capable backs and the sixth ranked offensive line per PFF to run behind kind of has my DAC numbers pulled back just a little bit. Although their left tackle, Tyron Smith, did suffer a pretty substantial hamstring injury. I think it uh, he tore it off the bone, if I remember that correctly. Might be some yeah. concern for the run game. Maybe that helps DAC, but I kind of feel pretty comfortable with where we have him at the nine spot. It's such a crapshoot, right? Which version of him do we get? What happens with injuries? You know, what happens with, to your point, the the running backs that are on the field? I mean, there's just so many, yeah, 
<laughs> a lot of variables uh, in play that I think will will uh, will have a factor with that for sure. Moving on now to our number eight quarterback, we have Russell Wilson. I have him ranked ninth. You're right on with the group at eight. His 2021 finish was as the QB 16. Obviously, some injury there. What are your thoughts on Russ in Denver? I think that the move is good. I think the coaching change is good. I think that you know you mentioned injury for him last year. I feel pretty good about Russ in Denver. I don't think I have. Oh no, you know what? I do have some Russ stock in one of my leagues, um, and I definitely have stock in some of the folks that are around him. This to me feels very similar to, and it may not necessarily have the same impact as, but it feels very much like. Tom Brady to the Bucks, Stafford to the Rams, where, you know, new coach, new, you know, new surroundings, new team. You know, Russ has been one to step up to the plate. I'm sure he's not happy with his performance in response to an injury last year. So it's a chance for him to have a bounce back season. Like there's no better, there, there's no better set of circumstances for him to be in to have a bounce back season. Yeah. Last year we mentioned the injury. The offensive line was awful. I think bottom five in the NFL. And Pete Carroll, the dude just refuses to adapt to the current NFL offenses. I don't know what it is about PD. Oh, Pete. As a UCLA fan, I'm obligated <laughs> to just absolutely hate his guts. We believe all of that was resolved this offseason, though, with the move to Denver. He'll still have weapons, right, in Cortland yeah. Sutton, Jerry Judy. His line, much better. The division he's in now, the AFC uh, West, should be just a series of shootouts. Like, I'd project all of them to be high scoring, yep. right? We hope. Which is great for fantasy. Even though Wilson doesn't rush much these days, and there's some uncertainty on a new team with a new offense, I still like him here. I, I feel comfortable with him kind of as a middling uh, QB one moving on now to our QB seven. We have Joe Burrow, my ranking eight, your ranking seven, his 2021 finish was as the QB eight Terrence. What do you got on JB? Uh, so obviously his, his season last year ended kind of disappointing, right? They made it to the super bowl, but, but didn't get the job done. I don't know. There's just something I like about, there's something I like about Joe Burrow. I mean, obviously he has, he, he clearly has the capability. He's got talent around him, right? Um, like, I, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely invested in, yeah. in Jamar Chase once again. That stock, I'm, I definitely probably bought higher than I should have in a couple of leagues. I think they also did some good things with the offensive line in the offseason that I think yeah. will help there. So, yeah, no, I feel pretty good about Joe Burrow. As a, I mean, I know, obviously, like, there's potential for regression, but, but I feel like, if anything, it won't be as, as impactful as it may have been otherwise, just based on his athleticism and kind of what he's surrounded with in terms of the tools on the team. Yeah, it was coming off the, the knee injury from two years ago. He was sacked a league high 51 times in the regular season and then 70 times, including <laughs> the playoffs last year. Dude could take a hit. Yeah, the <laughs> offensive line was addressed. Finally, uh, they entered 2022 Finally. with the eighth ranked uh, offensive line per PFF, adding Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, and Alex Kappa. So our buddy Nick uh, in Taco Corp, Nick Oliveris is dubbing this offensive line is the wall of Burrow, and I'm, I'm with it. I like it. But despite the poor uh, line play last season, JB still put up 4,600 through the air and then 34 touchdowns. So I don't see any reason to believe he can't replicate that this season. Moving on to our number six quarterback, we have Jalen Hurts. I have him at five. You're at six. His 2021 finish, which is essentially his rookie campaign, was as the QB nine. What do you got? So I am very invested in Jalen Hurts across uh, almost all of my fantasy leagues this year um, that I've drafted so far. So I've actually been on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon for a while. Um, I know in my, my main league that I play in, um, I picked him up in 2020 when he, uh, when he first kind of took over the spot mm -hmm. from Carson Wentz. And he's always been a great value, right? That, that additional rushing capability. Um, I think that they've done some good things on the, I guess this is where I should preface that this is going to be Matt's favorite part of the <laughs> podcast. 
because I'm actually really, really high on the Eagles as a whole this year. I think they made a lot of great moves in the offseason in terms of surrounding him with talent. And this is kind of a prove it year for him too. And it feels like that's something that he'll be able to answer the call for. I actually, I, I mean, I have them taking the NFC East this year, Same. like over the Cowboys. Um, I, I really, I'm, I'm high on the Eagles uh, and Jalen Hurts is a big part of that. I love it. So Hurts finished ninth last year, despite having thrown the ball almost 100 fewer times than any quarterback ahead of him uh, in the final rankings. Yeah. Uh, we know it's because of his legs. He rushed for 780 yards with 10 touchdowns. No reason to believe he can't replicate that. They add AJ Brown, who can take 10 yard passes to the house. You love that. Devontae yep. Smith is still there. Dallas Goddard can get down the field. Oh, and the Eagles offensive line is the top ranked unit in the league again. So love Jalen Hurts. Wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see him break into the top five. I had him at five. So moving on now to the number five quarterback for us, and that's Kyler Murray. I had him at four. You had him at four. A little higher than the group for both of us. Mm-hmm. His 2021 finish was as the QB 10. Missed a couple games. What do you got on Kyler Murray? I think for me with Kyler Murray, it's, it all just boils down to his athleticism. Like I, that, that to me is the biggest thing. I think that there are, I think there's some positive things that happen in terms of, I mean, they have Marquise Brown now, right? So in terms of like surrounding him with folks, DeAndre Hopkins will be coming back. So I guess we'll see what happens when, when all of those mm-hmm. things gel together. I think the biggest concern would be durability for him because the offensive line is a little bit of a question mark. But yeah. I mean, outside of that, the the dude's a gamer. Yeah, he averaged 22 fantasy points per game last year. He just missed three starts. Give him the full season and he's top five, I think, handily. Yeah. Uh, that rushing upside is just worth so much in fantasy. Yeah. Moving on to our number four quarterback, we have Lamar Jackson. I have him at three. You have him at five. What do you got on Lamar? Got a bounce back season? I mean, he's, he's, he's another one that is definitely primed to be a bounce back candidate. I think the biggest thing will be, does everyone stay upright? (laughs) That's good. That's literally the biggest question mark for, for not just, not just Lamar Jackson, but the Ravens as a whole Whole is will, yeah. Yeah. Will the, will the team stay healthy? Because man, (laughs) that has been a point of concern. It is a point of concern. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, the, the dude has potential to, to easily be top three. Yeah. I think the only thing that sketches me out is the injury history and potentially injury present. <laughs> Give this guy a full 16 to 17 games. He's right up there in the top three. I like the bounce back in Baltimore. They were eight and nine last year. And I think that's just from the injuries, right? That's not indicative of what John Harbo and the Ravens are. So I'm digging the bounce back. I think top five is basically all but a guarantee, right? If he If he plays most of the season. Moving on to our number three quarterback, we have Patrick Mahomes. I have him at six. I'm a little lower on him. You had him at three right there with the group. His 2021 finish was as the QB four. What do you got? Uh, I mean, I think at the end of the day for me, this is uh, Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I know they lost Tyree Kill, right? Obviously big playmaker. But outside of that, I, I, I don't see anything else on with, with Mahomes or the Kansas City team as a whole that is like a particular concern. It seems like he still has weapons around him. He's still, he's still a playmaker. He's still able to put up points. I, I think Tyree kill going away hurts him. I just don't think it hurts him that much. Yeah. I think it definitely uh, impacts his stat lines. You know, he's another one of those guys. Tyree kill is who can take a five, 10 yard pass and just take off. Right. And score 40, 50 yeah. yard touchdown. Maybe sky Moore, maybe Juju, maybe MVS, maybe some combination of those guys with me, and Travis Kelsey kind of, fixes all of that or gives them something new it's Andy Reid so he's going to get it figured out but I think at least initially to start the season they're going to have some struggles there'll be a little bit of a learning curve with all these new guys right 
they have some different weapons now. So I think yeah. it's just going to be a little bit of a, uh, an adjustment to make for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Moving on now to our number two quarterback. We have Justin Herbert. I have him at two. You have him at two. We're both spot on. He finished 2021 ranked second. So I don't think much needs to be said about Justin Herbert, but what do you got? I, I think the only thing I'll say, I just keep shouting out members of 58 West King. <laughs> but if I remember right, Nate was particularly high on the Chargers last year. Was. I'm I'm on, I'm on that hype train. I, I feel good about the Chargers as a whole. I think Justin Herbert really impressed last year. I think they only got better in the offseason in terms of, I, I mean, the dude is surrounded by, like, I have so much Chargers stock between Mike Williams. I have Justin Herbert in a couple of leagues. Um, I have Austin Eckler in one of my leagues. Smart. I, I think they improved the O-line in the offseason, if I remember correctly, as well. So, like, they only got better, and, and he's just getting started. Yeah. So, I feel like there's a lot of upside with him this year. Yeah, that, that offense smashes. Uh, I think they were second in the league in beating the over, and they're plus minus as far as going over or under what that over is that's set by linesmakers was, I think, tops in the league at like 5.5. So these guys were consistently beating the over and by a considerable amount. I don't see any reason to believe they're not going to repeat that in 2022. Love Justin Herbert in that Chargers offense. Really all of the players and teams from the AFC West all right, moving on to our top quarterback. No surprise here, Josh Allen. I have him at one. You have him at one. Pretty much everybody else had him at one. Everybody's got one. <laughs> everybody. It was the overall QB one last season and should be able to repeat again this year. Got anything on Josh Allen? No, the dude is a monster. He's a dual threat. He's going to be for quite some time. Um, I think the only thing I'll share to contextualize it is to tell you a story from my last draft of, of my three that I did yesterday. Um, it's a, it's a super flex league, right? Yeah. So like that's important context. Josh Allen was taken second overall again, granted it's super flex. So QB is obviously, you know, uh, much more impactful than it would be in a, in a standard or a PPR league, but that just tells you how high impact of a player that dude mm -hmm. is, um, that he, I mean, the dude is just a fantasy monster. He will win leagues for people this year across the board, hands down. Absolutely. All right, awesome stuff with the rankings. I did put some cash on the line for each category and for the overall winning of our rankings competition. So we'll definitely report back on everything in January. <laughs> Let's take a quick break before we roll into the next segment. Welcome back. So last thing I wanted to do before we wrap here is to get your top five fades for the 2022 season. Let's hear what you got. Any order. Yes, sir. So I did mine a little bit different because I was already thinking about these position players, right? And thinking about it from that perspective. So I actually picked my top fade by key position. Um, and then I picked a bonus fade to round out the five. So I did QB, RB, wide receiver, and tight end. So QB, I think we already kind of talked about QBs enough, so I won't spend a ton of time on this, but I, I picked Aaron Rodgers. I just feel like that Devontae Adams yep. loss is going to be brutal, and I just don't see anybody else stepping in uh, into the mix there. I mean, you lose a Hall of Famer, you're not going to replace that type of production with two rookies and a middling wide receiver, a wide receiver two or three. Randall Cobb. <laughs> uh, yeah, Randall Cobb. Yeah, exactly. So I, I agree. Waiting in the wings. I, I like uh, fading him a little bit. For RB, I went with uh, Josh Jacobs. So this one actually, and a lot of these have to do with my my past history with them is I think kind of a theme with these. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been on the Josh Jacobs train in the past. I actually do think on the one hand, Devontae Adams coming to that team could, could help potentially diversify and, and potentially open up more opportunities for Josh Jacobs. I think the challenge is... I don't know. That backfield has been so hard to trust, uh, especially the past few years. It's been kind of like a messy timeshare. He's, he's gotten injured, I believe, every season for the past couple of years, at least for a short period of time. 
Um, so I think I've been burned enough times by Josh Jacobs that I, 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 I rolled him back and I don't, uh, actually I did get him in one league, mm-hmm. unfortunately. He's a value. He's sliding so far yeah. back. Sometimes it's like, why not? Why not take the chance? So I have some data points here and this isn't going to help you make a decision because I have three bad and three good. So new coaching <laughs> regime, right? It's not John Gruden or, uh, Rick Basaccia. I forget his name. Their interim head coach. They drafted yeah. Zamir white, right? So they're investing now in the future, two negatives. They added Devontae Adams, who should force some of those maybe targets or run plays to the receiving position. That's the bad. The good, they were 29th in rushing play percentage in 2021. That pendulum should swing back the other way. That's a good. McDaniels is there, so New England was 7th in 2021. The next data point, the team didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so they could use him a ton, right? If there's any tread left on the tires, maybe Las Vegas is thinking they give him the ball 200 times on the ground, throw him the ball 50, 60 times, right? And then the last, yep. they just this just happened. They cut Kenyon Drake, so kind of cleared up the committee oh. a little bit. Zamir White's still there. There's still a couple other running backs, but with Kenyon mm-hmm. Drake out, he was a big uh, pass catching option for those guys. 100%. So yeah, take all of that for what you will. I think <laughs> at ADP, maybe no, but if he slips a little bit, maybe yeah. he's a value. You may have you may have shifted my take and actually <laughs> made me happy for the one league where I did grab Josh Jacobs. So yeah, <laughs> uh, wide receiver, uh, man. Uh, so I picked DK Metcalf. I think this is the opposite problem of of like what we talked about with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, which is who's throwing this guy yeah. the ball, right? Um, I mean, the dude is insanely talented, but like, are you really going to get the same production out of the guy uh, that you were getting from Russell Wilson that you would get with either Geno Smith, Drew Locke, or whatever combination they're they're running out there? I don't think he ever knocks on his ceiling this year. And I think yep. his floor is a struggle. That was the bullet point I had. He has a cap ceiling uh, in that fourth round ADP where he's currently going. Give me DJ Moore. If I already had mm-hmm. my receivers, give me Brees Hall. He's sitting there, right? So I, I like this fade a lot. I was shocked at how early I saw DK, uh, DK Metcalf going in some of my drafts. I was just like, oh, name. like somebody all just, some of y'all just did not pay attention. Name recognition. <laughs> yeah. Name yeah. recognition. Yeah. Um, all right, for tight end, of course, I picked a name that I'm probably going to butcher, Albert Okuebunam. I think I actually said that correctly. I did a pronunciation thing in my notes. Close <laughs> enough. Honestly, Terrence, no one knows how to say it, so I'll take it. <laughs> We're just going to go with it. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like he's going to end up being I, – I think that there's going to be a lot of offensive players that are going to benefit from Russ in Denver. It just feels like – he's not going to be one of them. I know there's been some competition in camp for tight end. I know that just in general, tight ends are kind of a tough space. Russ has a tendency to really kind of spread the ball yeah. around the field. So it just feels like he's he, he seems like a prime candidate to be left out of the conversation in a position that is already like a difficult position once you get past the top five. I'd stay away just based on how he spells his name. Huge red flag for me. <laughs> I like to fade here. Get an easier right, name. Who's your bonus? Who's your flex? All right. Fade. My bonus, my bonus, I'm calling the burn book. So I specifically called out Sa- Saquon Barkley, um, but you could also replace that with CMC or any other RB that I've ever been burned by um, because of injuries, all these big name running backs that always go very, very early in drafts that almost never work out. They, they rarely, if ever, hold value. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor peeps this year. Like, hopefully it works out for you. I've just been burned enough times by RBs that can't stay upright. Um, I didn't go full zero RB this year, but I, I 
I, I kind of soft zero RB a little bit. I think I got, I got one solid RB in every league. And then I like radically pushed down everybody else after that and, and invested much higher in uh, other parts of the offense. So yeah, collective for all the, the top 10 RBs that just get hurt after a couple of games. I know after the last season, maybe the last two for Saquon, people probably don't have the appetite for him period. Ugh, but no. he's been going as a first round pick in those drafts. This year he's in the end of the he's at the end of the second or the early third round. So if the ADP, if he falls past ADP, I think he I think he's a value like Jacobs, right? Sure. But the the price has to be right. Yeah, him and CMC I've just been burned by enough times where I'm just like, nope, I am good. Uh, there, there are support groups for that, but all right, Terrence, that's it for rankings and fates. How about we tell the good folks what you're up to these days <laughs> with the pod and where to find you? Yeah, so Whiskey Flick, uh, we were a little quiet over the summertime, um, but we are ramping back up full steam ahead. So we just put out uh, a couple of episodes to close out the summer with like big blockbusters and comic book movies featuring Josh Callis from 58 West King. Uh, We did Into the Spider-Verse and The Dark Knight, which was really fun. Um, And we're going straight from blockbusters into football season. Um, I just did an awesome episode with Dad the Gamer. He's a Twitch streamer. He came and talked about the movie American Underdog. And then, of course, we're going to have the 58 West King and Taco Corp uh, podcast represented here next when we talk about Friday Night Lights with uh, Tony and Nate. Uh, So really, really excited for that. We got a lot of fun stuff, kind of thematic stuff throughout the rest of the year. We're going to do scary movies for Halloween, Christmas movies for Christmas. So it's uh, we we got a fun rest of the year plan. It's a very handsome trio coming up on that uh, Friday Night Lights episode. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. Too much to handle. We're, we're, we're going to definitely, the, the, the pictures will break the internet. There you go. Awesome. So thanks for lending us 15 to 20 minutes of your time here. We do appreciate it. We've got more positional ranking episodes up next. So keep an eye out for those. For Terrence, for the 58 West King screenwriters and makeup department. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.